Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Welcome to the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Your premium destination for all things gaming culture. We have the latest in gaming news, reviews of the hottest new games, discussion and analysis of the games of yesteryear. When you're short on time and need your gaming fix, look no further than the crew who know their master chief from their master sword. I love Halo. Your hosts, Joel, Simon, Casey, and Ferg. So toss a coin to your Witcher and answer that call of duty. It's time to level up. This is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Yes, and welcome to the Discerning Gamer Podcast for another week. As the last survivors of the Emperor's Order 66, tasked with rebuilding the Jedi Order... This is the DG crew, starting with the PC gamer, the Sultan of Steam, about to embark on his own version of No Nut November, although with a higher degree of difficulty. It's Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Welcome to the show, Ferg. Ah, uh, good day, JB. Thanks for having me, mate. Yeah, no I don't, worries. I don't like my chances. It's going to be a uh, a long year. What for No Nut November or for your thing? <laughs> <laughs> Both. Yes. Uh, good to know. Good to know. Also with us, we have the gaming chef, the Earl of Emotional Damage. He informed us that the superpower of Sonic the Hedgehog's Amy character was the ability to transmit gonorrhea. It's uh, Simon Steely McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, Steely. Yeah, you got to watch out for those hedgehogs. Hey, they really, you know, they look good from the outset and you get up and you give them a kiss and all of a sudden, next thing you know, you've got genital warts on your lips. And you're bleeding from the penis. No, thank you. Uh, finally, we've got the Nintendo Queen oh, unafraid to air her dissatisfaction with the Pokemon franchise to Mr. Pikachu himself. It's uh, none other than Pistol Pete, uh, Casey C. Mac McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, Pisty. Thanks, Joel. I thought I had two gunshots. What happened there? Uh, did did one misfire? <laughs> oh, there it goes. <laughs> well done. Check the guns loaded next time. Bloody. Yeah. Hope that wasn't uh, pointed at Steely, but. Uh, no, no uh, he's still here. He's still here. Okay. Yeah. Oh well, that's good. I would. No, it's only a, it's, it's only a small wound, you know. Okay. I'm only bleeding a little bit. Doesn't yeah. matter. Okay. I'm tougher than that. All right. Excellent. Well, uh, this week um, there was a a little story that came out from Ryan Dinsdale at IGN that talked about the founder of Oculus, Palmer Lucky, uh, has revealed that he was blown away by Sony's upcoming PlayStation VR 2 virtual reality headset. So replying to a tweet from head of PlayStation Indies, Shuhei Yoshida, Lucky said he'd had the chance to try the new headset recently and has high expectations for its future. I was blown away when I used PSVR 2 recently, he said. The first PSVR was arguably the biggest success of the generation, and this version will do even better. Uh, Quite. Uh, PlayStation VR 2 will seemingly be a major upgrade over the original headset, not just because it's being released seven years later, but due to the inclusion of brand new VR-specific controllers. The upgrade in tech has naturally created an increase in price, of course. Uh, However, as where the original PSVR was the best budget headset on the market... Sony's latest costs a hefty $879.95, $80 more than the required PlayStation 5 console itself. Mm-hmm. A Horizon Call of the Mountain bundle will also be available from launch on February 22 for another $79, though users can still buy it separately alongside the other 20-something launch games. It's only uh, it's the only official PSVR bundle confirmed so far, though Sony has also announced a $79.99 controller charging station as an optional accessory, which, yeah, it's a little bit insulting, but, uh, you know, we'll probably fucking buy it anyway. Uh, details on the software available at launch are still a little hazy, as while Sony has announced several games coming to the PSVR 2, including Ghostbusters VR and Resident Evil Village, release windows for most remain a vague 2023. Other games announced for the platform include Crossfire Sierra Squad, The Light Brigade, 
Cities VR Enhanced Edition, Cosmonious High, Hello Neighbor Search and Rescue, Jurassic World Aftermath Collection, Pistol Whip VR, uh, which uh, you know should be a good one for uh, for you, C-Mac. Um, Zenith, The Last City, uh, After the Fall, Tentacular, and more. So, uh, what do you think of that? Well, it's good to get an endorsement from someone who's in the same business of producing VR headsets. When you said he was blown away, I thought, here we go. He's blown away like we are about how much this thing costs. But no, he had some positive things to say about it. So, no, that's good. That's it's good to get an endorsement. Yeah, well, despite the the price tag, which which is pretty pretty high, uh, mm. like I think I think we've all pretty much confirmed that. We've all agreed on that. Um, <laughs> is what it is. You know. I think at least what you're getting for the for the money is is yeah. you know right up there with the best of the best in those uh, in that genre. Hmm. Um, what do you reckon, Steely? I you know look, I'd love to get this, but it is just far too expensive. And I I think for the upgrade in the technology, I think is excellent. I like the the look of the um the I want to just call them the dual sense but for the VR edition because I I don't remember the name uh but you know having like I love that that implementation because I think the haptic feedback that's in the dual sense is really quite something but I'm going to wait for PSVR 3 before I even think about it cuz you know if they can in the next iteration bring out a wireless headset where I don't have to walk around looking like predator I'm, I'm there. You know what I mean. <laughs> well, all That's right. That's what it's all about. <clears throat> so I got a question for you, C Mac. Uh, let's say, mm-hmm. let's say I dropped nine hundred in your lap, and I said to you, all right, you can either choose to spend it on a PSVR two, or you can go and get yourself uh, an Xbox Series X uh, to to go with your PlayStation. You know, so opening up. The possibility for you to play all the the PlayStation, uh, sorry, all the Xbox games on Games Pass, and all the exclusives that are sometime coming in the future for Xbox. Uh, what what would you uh, what do you think is a better value? VR two because I don't like Xbox. <laughs> well, fucking hell. Uh, there you go, Microsoft. Honestly, I, I I don't care for anything on that console, nor have I ever wanted to play anything. So I think not, I just uh, want the not tempted by Starfield or, uh, no. um, or Halo. Halo. Uh no, no. no. I oh. think the day that we buy an Xbox is the day when they only put Crash Bandicoot and Spyro onto Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I'll get well, it. That'll be the day. Fucking Xbox. Well, the only time I ever, the only time I ever considered an Xbox was because I wanted to play Banjo Kazooie. Mm. And what, on rare replay. On rare replay. That's the only time we ever very, and very. Battletoads. Not for me. Fuck yeah, Battletoad. What about that um, <laughs> that game High on Life, the one that's uh, made by the creators of uh, Rick and Morty? That that looks pretty good. Mm. I think it's getting yeah, some pretty it good does reviews. Look pretty good, but. <clears throat> I'm going to put this out there. Mm. I'm com- coming from look. This is going to be an unpopular opinion. Okay, I'll give comedy it to us. <laughs> in video games is okay. Um, just sure. Well. Just oh, that was a big thing. To I say. love Justin Roiland, and I would love to watch High on Life if it was a television program. Do I want to play it as a game? I don't know. Um. Mm. Comedy's all right in games. Even the South Park games, like, yeah, no fun. <laughs> but the comedy in games, guys, it's like, would you would you go and play bloody Louis C.K. the video game? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> all right, hang on, Louis C.K. the video game. So, as that going to look? Well, I, I assume yes. it's just a video game where you stand, stand in doorways up. masturbating in front of young women uh, who aren't interested in you. Um, is that fair enough? <laughs> oh, dear. Jeez, it didn't. Emotional damage. It didn't take long for, for the podcast to go yeah. off the rails that this week. That could be on PSVR, Joel. That would be on PSVR too. Uh, yeah, all right. Louis, Louis C.K., the video game. <laughs> Excellent. Well, yeah. uh, fantastic. I'll, I'll have to feedback, JB. Get amongst it. I'll have to put <laughs> that in with my uh, my <laughs> oh, my, 
pre-order for Harvey Weinstein, the yeah, VR yeah, experience. That's it. Wow. Uh, all right. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, well that, was- <laughs> that would be a passive experience, though, a little bit more passive. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm going right. to get shut down with some of these uh, these talks. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I'm with uh, <laughs> I'm with Simon and Casey, I think, not in regards to um, a dislike for Microsoft. Amazing games. I've always had Xboxes. But the, the price of entry is just probably way too much. For me, I mean, it, it's for PSVR, yeah. not for Xbox and Series X. <clears throat> I don't think there's any um, arguing that what you get for your money is not going to be unbelievable, but still, that's a lot of money. Plus, if you get a game, you, you're talking mm. a thousand bucks, a thousand bucks, and it's sort of that's a lot of games. That's a lot of, I don't know, other things, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting when it releases what the kind of the feedback and stuff is. And mm. but yeah, it's 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 like everything, everything's got a price. It's just what you associate the value and the return for that price. So there'll be a lot of people that are looking at this going, a thousand bucks, I'm going to use this all the time. I'm really into the VR space and it's going to be a no-brainer. This is the best of the best. A thousand bucks, I see value in that. But for someone like myself who hasn't really experienced VR too much, doesn't really know what I'm getting myself into, not 100% sure if, you know, I'm going to love it or really get a kick out of it, it's... Yeah, it's a lot of money to spend. Just the price of entry is probably a bit too much for me as mm. well. I think. I think as well when you think about it, uh, with your you know your mantra before you your challenge that you set for yourself as to mm. how much you spend per how many hours gameplay you get out of it. A lot of these VR experiences purely because of the, I guess the factor of you know getting motion sick or being in there for too long and fucking up your eyes or whatever, these experiences are quite small. Mm. So the fact that they're going to be amazing and immersive is fantastic, but then how much replayability is there in them and, you know, how much each of these games going to cost too? Are they going to be the price of a full-size, you know, like PS5 game or are they just going to be sort of scaled down a little bit and price scaled down too to suit the fact that you're getting a lot less out of them? Mm. I don't know. Yeah, one thing, it? one thing I put to you um, before the PlayStation Five launched, uh, there were obviously there was a lot of discussions about, um, in particular, the the DualSense controller. I, there was a lot of brand new features that they were bringing to PlayStation. Like we had the the adaptive triggers, the advanced sort of level haptic feedback, and and I mean those are probably the the main um, two big features that they've they've introduced. And like reading up on it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's cool. Like the idea that you've got triggers that can adjust, you know, the tension and, mm. and that sort of thing. But until I actually had it in my hand and was was actually giving it a go, I didn't realize how much that actually mm. really changes the gameplay experience. Like now, I I like it mm. so much, and I'm so used to it. I would struggle to go back to a controller mm. that doesn't have that. Like, that was one of the main reasons I went for PlayStation over Xbox could, because the, the the controller was just so new and there was just so mm. much work and thought put into that, whereas the Xbox controller from the previous generation, current generation, really very little has mm. changed from one generation to the next, if, if anything at all. So... Um, one thing I'm thinking about with with the VR system and everything, like I know what you're saying, Simon. Does it have the replayability? Are you really going to want to sit down and you know strap this thing on and and play games over and over again? Um, it might be one of these experiences that once you've actually strapped this thing on and seen the quality of what it's able to produce, which um, each individual display in your eye is producing like 2K resolution. So all in all, you're looking at 4K and you've got the features like the foveated rendering, you've got the adaptive triggers on the sense controllers, um, you've got touch detection on the controllers so you can actually take your finger off the trigger and um, and the controller knows that your finger isn't on the trigger and mm. that can affect you know things in the game like whether your finger's in the trigger guard on the, the gun mm. physically on the screen or whether whether it's not. There's all all sorts of stuff that just looks really amazing, mm. and 
you know, I'm seriously at this point considering getting it just to see just how good mm. it is, basically. Mm. And um, yeah, I'll have to, uh, I'll have to get the the DG crew around to record some first impressions. I think yeah. um, uh, when the time comes, but uh, yeah, won't be for a while yet. You so might never leave point. the house again, JB. I might not have to. Like, yeah. This doesn't get any better than this outside. I'm staying here. <laughs> That's it. I'll just, uh, <laughs> I'll just boot up that that Star Wars uh, game that they've got coming out for it, and just live That's in that it. world for a while. So, if anyone's listening, we're uh, we're now taking your tax deductible donations to JB's uh, VR two account balance. Hit us up on our <laughs> socials. We'll send you the details, and we'll uh, we'll get him there. That's it. We'll start a Patreon <laughs> or something, and uh, Kickstarter. See if we can get sponsored by Squarespace. It seems like every other podcast is. Um, all right. Well, uh, that's that's all for me for now. Um, now I'm going to hand over to you, Ferg, for some talk about the Steam Game Awards. Yes, 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 yes. So the new year, the end of last year, everyone's given out their awards. And last week, uh, the 2022 Steam Awards were announced. So as the name implies, um, Steam Awards, it's for PC games, games that are released on Steam. And what's kind of cool about the Steam Awards is that a, it's voted by the fans, but B, they've got some maybe unconventional categories. So you get a really good mix of different games being nominated and potentially games that have been out for a number of years. So what I thought I'd do, I'd quickly just rip through the list um, and we'll have a bit of a chat. Now, there was one particular winner that caused maybe a little bit of controversy online. There was a lot of back and forth in the forums and a lot of people upset and a lot of people thought it was a worthy winner. So I'll save that one for last and I'm interested to get the DG's crew on that one. But anyway, let's go through them. So obviously the big one, Game of the Year, it was won by Elden Ring. Um, it beat out Dying Light 2, Stray, God of War 2018. Now remember, this is PC, so um, God of War, I think it was maybe January the port was released on PC. So that was nominated for Game of the Year last year. Um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Game of the Year Elden Ring. Uh, VR Game of the Year was won by Hitman 3, um, beating out Bone Lab, Green Hell VR, Among Us VR, and Inside the Backrooms. Inside the Backrooms. Inside the Backrooms. Uh, the category Better With Friends, which is awarded to those games which, as the title implies, are so much better playing with friends. That was won by Raft. Raft's a fantastic game. Um, if you haven't heard of it, go and look it up. That's an absolute cracker. And if you've got some a crew of people you can get together, that one's a lot of fun. So Raft, bet out, ready or not, Monster Hunter Rise, Multiverses, and Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Outstanding visual style won by Marvel Spider-Man's Miles Morales. Mm. Again, another PlayStation port to PC last year. Um, That one edged out one of your favorites from last year, JB, was Scorn. And we had Bendy in the Dark Revival, Cult of the Lamb, and Kenner Bridge of Spirits. Most innovative gameplay was won by Stray. Um, That Beat out Mountain Blade, Bannerlord, Teardown, Neon White, and Domekeeper. Um, the category for the best game you suck at, which, like the name suggests, are those terribly hard games that exist. That, again, was won by Elden Ring. Um, so Elden Ring won two prizes, which generally doesn't happen a lot going back and looking at the previous years. So Elden Ring, that bet out, Get the Fuck Out, uh, Victoria 3, Total War Warhammer 3, and FIFA 22. Best soundtrack was actually won by Final Fantasy and if my Roman numeral knowledge is correct I think that's Final Fantasy 4 remake that bit out Metal Hellsinger Sonic Frontiers was nominated Steely for you Persona 5 Royal which is again another PlayStation game getting its way to PC last year Um, Outstanding Story Rich Game was won by God of War obviously the 2018 version. So it's interesting that God of War 2018 is still winning awards in 2022. Well, it's been out because it's still a fucking amazing game. Yeah. Like um, even by today's standards, it in some ways it's probably better than Ragnarok um, in, in a lot of sections of it. Like, um, but yeah, 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 for sure. So that bit out, I reckon finish the game first, JB, before you say some stuff like that. I have finished it, <laughs> Steely. Finish the game first. I have finished it, Steely. You finished it? Yeah. I have uh, well, finished I it this week. You. Well, I fucking did. So. <laughs> I'm glad you have that opinion, but... 
<laughs> so what? You like the original more than Ragnarok? I I just think like um the the boss battle at the end of 2018 was superior to the boss battle at the end of Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I I don't want to spoil spoil it for you because I know you're planning on playing through 2018, but mm. um it's it's not trying to tip a bucket on Ragnarok, but more so trying to praise up 2018, which was an amazing game and is still an amazing game. So, uh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Mm. I'm waffling on a bit here, so I'll just rip through the winners. So, um, sit back and relax, as like the name implies, relaxing game. That was won by Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. So, mm. you and I played that last year, JB, and really enjoyed it. So, it's yeah, good it that it's right. won, won an award somewhere. Um, best game on the go was won by Death Stranding Director's Cut. Um, apparently that's an amazing mobile game. That that's can't, an interesting. Can't one. really see that, but yeah, okay. Neither can I. Now the one that caused <laughs> the controversy. So this category is called Labor of Love, and the whole point of this category is it's supposed to celebrate the developers out there that are still pouring updates and they're taking care of games that have been out for a number of years. So the nominations were Dota Two, um, Project Zomboid. Uh, Deep Rock Galactic and No Man's Sky, which I think has been nominated every year for like the last five years. But the winner was Cyberpunk 2077. Now, I'll remind everyone that the PC release of Cyberpunk 2077 wasn't horrific. Not like the PlayStation and Xbox releases. I actually played that day one and after the day one patch, it was actually quite solid. It wasn't perfect. A lot of bugs, the odd crash, but it was in a reasonable state. So in 2022, that was voted the Labor of Love Award. And I suppose the controversy online is that people are sort of saying, well, if a game is released in not the best state to start off with, and then the developer has to go back and fix it to bring it into a state which is acceptable, why are we awarding this some kind of prize for that? So, I don't know. What do you reckon, JB? You've played the game. Your thoughts on, and this is the PC release, and I don't know, maybe you take into account the shenanigans that happen with the console releases as well. Maybe they lose some points just with that as well, but what do you reckon? Thumbs up or thumbs down for a Labor of Love award for Cyberpunk 2077? Well, I get get what people are saying. You shouldn't be rewarding developers for doing a half-assed job and then going back and fixing it. Mm Mm-hmm. However, in Cyberpunk's defence, um, there was updates that basically uh, brought the the graphics and everything from last gen to current gen for PlayStation Five and I think for Xbox as well. Um, then there was all the expansions and everything that came out alongside Edge Runners. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that was sort of free updates, so. Um, yeah, I guess it's it's um, City Project Red showing a bit of goodwill back to the fans for for sticking with them and and you know doing all of that. Um, so I don't hundred percent disagree with it, but I think it would have been more deserving going to going to someone that you know is is out there providing new content for old games specifically rather than just patching problems with a with a game. You know, like. Um, improving it by adding more content rather than just fixing all the shit that's broken which shouldn't have been broken in the first place but that's that's just my my well, take on it picture this jb mm. picture this I'm the guy's making a, a video game looks promising he's making a video game in his in his in his studio the whole sure. studio floods he loses the whole lot the whole lot and then a couple of, like a, maybe a year or two later um, there's a lot of pressure on him to just release the game because a lot of a lot of the the um, people that want him to release it, like uh, the, the the console companies and the other companies, the publishers and stuff, they they just want him to get something out, and then he releases it, and it's and there's it's nobody likes it. It's terrible. It's underperformed. Um, everyone's upset, and then say maybe what I want to say six years later. It's now probably some people's like one of their favorite experiences to play um, 
and I've never played the game because I I just I was excited by it when it was first announced and then I never followed it since. That game is No Man's Sky. Now that to me is a labor of love. You've mm. lost the the whole lot. It's you know it's like um everything is just completely crumbled around you and year after year he's put more like him and his and that that um I can't even remember the name of the studio. I've put so much into that game to make it what it is today, an experience that a lot of people rave about now. Um, I think that that would have been far more deserving than, oh, fuck, we fucked up. Here you go. Here's some free stuff. There we go. Everybody happy with us still? But anyway, that's that's the two cents, Steely. Yes. Yeah, yeah I can't say I disagree with you, Steely. Like, yeah, I... I'm familiar with the No Man's Sky story and, and yeah, I think it is definitely like they they would have definitely been probably the strongest contender in that category in my opinion. But um, but then, you know, money talks and bullshit walks. So, you know, people have uh, spent a lot of money on Cyberpunk and they've, they've got, you know, they're still breaking daily player records and things. So, um, All right. yeah, what, what, what can you say? Mm, they've also got a bigger <clears throat> following, one would suggest. It's interesting um, with No Man's Sky. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure when I was getting ready for the show and I was having a bit of a look, that game's been nominated for this category, The Labour of Love, like six times. Has it ever I won? Think it's never won. And I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> I didn't see it on top of the list. So I think the Steam Awards might have started in 2016. And it's been nominated nearly every year and it just hasn't won. But. I agree. I mean, I don't hate it either. I'm sort of with you as well, JB. I think majority of last year in the first half was getting the game up to the state that it should have been. But the second half, there was a lot of additional content. So um, they're still supporting it as, you know, the DLC, I think that's coming out this year. So I don't hate it. But yeah, it definitely caused a bit of kerfuffle on the on the, on the online forums and on the uh, in the different places that people talk about in rubbish games. So well, I mean, anyway... I've never played No Man's Sky, mm. so it might be an incredible game. I've never fucking played it, so you're but I've played the shit out of Cyberpunk. Yeah. Um. So, would I vote for No Man's Sky if it was if I was voting in these awards? Mm. Well, probably fucking not because I've never played it. But yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm one of the peons that bought into the hype and the marketing around Cyberpunk and liked the idea of it and the concept of it and that. Um. Couldn't even tell you what the bloody concept is for uh, No Man's Sky, but uh, you know, well, sure. you might have to play it this year, JB. Yeah, but well, maybe again, this will. is this is the thing with the fan vote. You know, is it on PS5? Uh, uh, yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah, yeah. It should be. Yeah, it's been around for that well, it's long. Coming I think out, it's on everything. I'm pretty sure it's coming out in PSVR too. Um, there's a an edition of No Man's Sky that's coming out yeah. on that. It's one of the launch titles, I believe. So, pretty sure the PC version has a VR. Well, aspect to it. I think you can play in VR potentially with the right software. So mm. anyway, congratulations to the winners of the 2022 Steam Awards. Yes, uh, congratulations to uh, all of those people. And, uh, well done. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thank you very much, Ferg, for uh, for all that uh, info. Um, we're going to throw over to uh, Steely now. Um, for the latest and greatest news about his favourite gaming studio, <sighs> Ubisoft. <laughs> already you and haven't even spoken yet. I know. Have you seen this? <laughs> have you heard about this? Fucking they've done it again. Bloody Ubisoft have oh. delayed their highly anticipated Sea of Thieves mod. Does this sound familiar? We, no, we, um, we, we talked about this last year, uh, Simon. This is last year's news, wasn't it? <laughs> Didn't we talk about this just before Christmas? Yeah, for the, but this is going to be for the <laughs> fiscal year of 2023 and 2024. Can you believe it? This comes as news from, I believe, an investors meeting or something like that, where they have uh, also stated that they have canned a number of games in development. And I mean, it's no surprise. Um, well, ha- they are hang probably on already <laughs> Emotional <laughs> damage. They need to just settle down, don't they? <laughs> Fucking useless. People are now wondering if this game will ever come out. But uh, much like a lot of Ubisoft's titles, I don't think it's worth the wait. So <laughs> if you're worried about it, just nimble it and move on, am I right? So, um, uh, so in Simon's honest no, opinion, I... 
Who gives a fuck if Skull and Bones ever comes out? Because it's going to be shit anyway. Oh, dear. Okay. Yeah. Might surprise you, Simo. Well, it might, you it might be good. You're able to do a shit, do you? But, <laughs> nah. Anyway, all in, in all seriousness, I, I reached out to Rare this week, the creator of the original game, Sea of mm. Thieves, um, to see if I could get a statement. And they said, and I quote, we couldn't give a fuck. Those bunch of clowns have made less good games in five console generations than we have on the Nintendo 64 alone. Sucked in Ubisoft, you bunch of soggy balloons. Sucked in. Well, okay. Emotional damage. Firing on all uh. cylinders this week, Steely. Wow. What a what a ride it's been for Skull and Bones. Anyway. Is, is this mm. the sixth time they've delayed it? I think I mean, thinking back on the times we talked about it last year, I remember we did an episode where I talked about it. There's new gameplay. Finally, they've given us a, a date, and I think that was November. Then we talked about it again. It's been delayed till March next year, and now it's the fiscal year, which, <clears throat> if I understand correctly, is anywhere between, is it April 2023 and April 2024 or something? Yeah. So we could be 12... We could be a lot. I don't know. How long is that? A couple of years. Mm. Well, from what I hear, um, Ubisoft uh, taking the proverbial fist in the anus uh, at the moment because uh, <laughs> they actually don't have any any high quality releases scheduled for for this year. Like there's there's nothing in the pipeline oh. coming out. There's none of their uh, you know their their biggest IPs like your. Um, Assassin's Creed or, or Far Cry, you know, Far Cry. There's nothing like that in the pipeline or due to to sort of launch in the next twelve months, as far as I'm aware. So, um, Skull and Bones was the only thing I'd sort of heard about that was uh, in the pipeline and in development. And look, to be honest with you, I mean, are you going to buy it, Ferg? Probably not. I think, like I think I talked about last year. I loved Assassin's Creed. Was it four Black Flag? Mm. That was that is that is my favorite Assassin's Creed game, and just the ship and the pirate aspect, absolutely loved it. So I was excited about Skull and Bones. Maybe not to the point where I was, you know, being the prince of pre-order was going to pre-order it and play it day one. But I did have interest to see, you know, what's it going to be like when it comes out. If it got good reviews early on, it'd be something that I'd look at picking up. Though I did have some issues with it being a online multiplayer sea of thieves similar type thing but i mean i wouldn't say i was you know writing it off from day one but it just i don't know i think i used the same pun last time i think the the ship sailed Mm. on this one (laughs) certainly has well for for skull and bones we give you the patented wii u horn Maybe if um, fucking Ubisoft didn't spend so much time uh, developing 12 Assassin's Creed games at once, they might have been able to put some fucking resources to Pirates of the Caribbean simulator on the fucking... Emotional damage! Uh, I'll, uh, I'll pose a question to you, Steely. Do you think of the three cancelled games, do you reckon they were three of the eight games or whatever they were sort of talking about last year? Do we think that's... No, so apparently they were, they were talking about that it's a lot of completely unannounced games so oh, okay. stuff that's been in the pipeline that's been developed that's unannounced that top secret mm. um unlike Ooh. assassin's creed which we know the roadmap for the next 40 years of those games <laughs> um, so but you know like i i don't think it was an assassin's creed game that was cancelled weren't um, they talking about I doing a that. um a remake of perfect dark was that them um, they don't. I don't think so. And if <clears> they <throat> were, I wouldn't a... trust them with a ten foot pole. Or <laughs> they would talk. I think they were talking about doing another Splinter Cell as well. Um, yeah, I think I've I, heard that getting floated around. Yeah, I can't remember. It's probably probably one of them. They've probably cancelled a couple of the shittier Assassin's Creed games that they were working on. Maybe mm. they should just cancel the whole developer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Fucking useless. <laughs> okay, you get, you get emotional <laughs> damage. You get another one of those uh, for that uh, for that comment, silly. Um, well, where would where would they go? You you wouldn't have another uh, one of your fucking Mario Rabbids. Yeah, that uh, was a great game from last year. You know, Pain yeah, of Hope or whatever it's called. I could live without it. 
if it if it meant that fucking Nintendo got somebody else to develop it, yeah, sure. If Davide from from Ubisoft, the only good person left there, left there and worked for somewhere oh in God. within Nintendo, who gives a fucking shit? At the end of the day, <laughs> Ubisoft, <laughs> what are you? Watch Dogs Five. Who gives a fuck? Okay. <laughs> See. Well, all right. Let's let's just pull back on the reins uh, <laughs> a little bit here uh, because. Uh, you know, I, I knew that uh, I knew that this would be a pretty significant talking point here on the Discerning Gamer podcast. So, uh, as I do from time to time, I, I personally reached out to the uh, the CEO there at, at Ubisoft, and um, I, I just said to him, "Mate, uh, are you aware that uh, uh, Simon Steely McLaughlin um, is pretty pretty sceptical about uh, your your future releases and?" Uh, you know what? What are you going to do to uh, turn him around you know, and mm. convince him that that uh, it's worth giving Ubisoft another chance? And uh, uh, here was his reply: Google, show me this guy's balls, please. <laughs> mm. oh. <laughs> Not sure uh, what he was hoping to uh, gain from that, but uh, apparently they're out there still. So uh, you know. Well, all of the sexual assault that's happened behind closed doors at Ubisoft, though, I don't even doubt that would have been his well, response. Well, oh my goodness. Maybe alleged, alleged sexual assault, uh, Steely. <laughs> let's uh, let's not uh, right. let's not go uh, throwing uh, <laughs> accusations out there that uh, haven't been tested in a court of law, shall we? Yeah. Uh, um, yes. Uh, no, they just haven't been they just haven't been televised as much as Activision, so. Okay, this whole thing's gone to a really weird place now. Uh, But uh, (laughs) it's good that uh, seems to be Louis Louis CK running the running the show down there at uh, Ubisoft. (laughs) Anyway, um, fantastic. Well, thank you for that uh, update, uh, Steely. Appreciate that. Uh, So on on that note, uh, let's let's throw things over to uh, through through to Pisty. Uh, for an update uh, about uh, the Steam Deck. Pisty. I love how they went from pistol to pisty. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting piss. abbreviated. Soon it'll just be pissed. <laughs> well. <laughs> what do you um, got yeah, for us, so Steam, the Steam Deck, I saw, <laughs> I saw this article pop up about four days ago. The Steam Deck, which we were the long-awaited one that we were thinking, oh, it's never going to come to Australia. Well, hold your horses. The Steam Deck Ooh. is now being sold in Australia by online retailers at the moment. So we're not going to see it through a retailer such as EB Games or anything like that, but we've got the old uh, Catch, Kogan, Dick Smith, Amazon selling it from imported um, imported units from overseas. So um, mm. hang on, let me just scroll down here. We're looking at... What is it? 64 gigabyte Steam Deck for around $823 plus shipping. The 256 gigabyte for $1,000. Wow. Fucking hell, holding the horse a bit, mate. (laughs) (laughs) What's the horse for? Uh, you horses. You're an hour late. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry, we, we got a bit of lag tonight, uh, ladies and gentlemen. There's a pretty bad lag tonight. I can tell yeah. you that. Oh, well. Yeah, so, and then you're looking on Amazon as well. The 512 gigabyte is $1,445, but free shipping. Wow, what a bargain. Well, so, more gold go. is required. Wanting- that's right. So if you're desperately wanting a Steam Deck, there are many online retailers importing them from overseas, but we're hopefully seeing some out in the wild in the next coming weeks. They're saying in legitimately from, mm. you know, not imported directly. From Steam themselves. From, from Steam Valve. Themselves, from Valve. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, yeah, that's that's it. So you can always go have a look on Amazon, the Dick Smith website, Catch or Kogan. That's where we're popping up. Is anyone thinking of buying one? <laughs> What about you, uh, Sultan? Um, he- uh, heavily interested, JB, is my response to that one. Um, I saw this pop up maybe a week ago. I started seeing them online, but obviously, it's you know, it's Valve's product. They haven't officially announced the sale yet in Australia. And when I first went onto Amazon to have a look, 
I was like, 1500 bucks. This is an inflated price. This is, you know, until Valve officially announce it, they're going to be flogging these off, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars more than what they should be. So I pretty, I dismissed it pretty quick. But I've gone back and I've started looked at it and crunched the numbers and did a bit of a comparison. And I don't think they're that far off. So, yes. Um, you know, prior to, you know, Amazon and Catch and Dick Smith and that, bringing them in and porting themselves, there was a bit of a loophole where in Australia you could buy a Steam Deck, but it was a bit of stuffing around. You essentially had to use a VPN, pretend that you were in, in the United States, get it posted across, and that was quite an expensive exercise. And looking at that versus the price that Amazon are selling them for, it's about the same if not more expensive. So buying it now at this point through Amazon is your best bet from a price point of view. Mm. So I'm probably not in a massive rush to get one, but I think I'll probably just at least hang out until Valve announce it and start distributing themselves and just see what that does with the price. I've got my fingers crossed that once they start doing that, you know, your Amazons and that might reduce their prices to try to move a few more products. So I think I'm just going to hold tight, but... um, I'm definitely interested in getting one. Um, we'll, we'll, I'm just holding tight for the time being, though. So you've got you've got a lot you've got a lot to play still. So yeah, this is true. <laughs> this is true. So all right, just just putting it out there because obviously the big appeal with the Steam Deck is its portability. Yep. Um, are there going to be that many occasions where you would be out and about and thinking to yourself, oh? I'd love to, you know, smash into a bit of scorn right now um, where you wouldn't normally be at home with your PC. I mean, is this something that you would consider taking to work to play on your lunch break or, you know, um, something like that? Like, I I think the idea of it sounds quite appealing. And if you're Mm. sort of working away from home quite regularly and stuff like that, I can certainly see the appeal. But, like, if you're not, like, I don't know. Like, mm. I just, I thought the idea that the that um, the Nintendo Switch was portable was was a great idea, but I don't reckon I've ever really taken it out and about with mm. me. Like, I've always just left it in the dock, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't really think I'd ever take it to work and just sit there and play it on my lunch break while my other workmates are sitting around, you know, having a having a chat and all that. Uh, Seems a bit antisocial to me, but um Yeah. No, I mean they're good points. And you know, in my situation I've got a PC at home. So the value in this thing is its portability and that's about it. You know, mm. if you didn't have a good gaming rig or something, then there's probably a select group of people that are looking as an entry point into maybe PC gaming. They're looking at it and thinking, well, I can get, you know, a pretty high end machine which is gonna play everything and I can take it with me. Um but for myself Look, I, I commute to work, so I can see myself playing it to work on the bus, on the way to work and on the way home. Um, and I think maybe the other time that I'd find some value in the portability side of things is obviously, like you said, when you go away, you can take it with you. But just the ability to get out of the PC cave in my house and go and sit on the couch and, you know, I think that side is where my Switch has probably got most of its use as well. There's, you know, this aspect where you can take it and you can sit and, you know, I can spend time with my partner on the couch and while she's doing something as opposed to me just sitting in the back room by myself for long periods of time. So, look, I don't know. I, I'm i definitely keen to get one. I'm not in a massive rush that I'm going to jump out and get one now. I'm just going to hold and wait and at some point I'll probably make a better decision. But I can see the portability being a thing um, for sure. So, Simon and Casey, do you think mm. that the Steam Deck, with its $1,500 price tag, represents better value for money than the PlayStation VR 2? No. <clears throat> Definitely not. I mean, especially if you were to buy it now because they're imported products and you'd be getting like an American... Uh, wall plug with it and all that kind of stuff. That's easy enough. You know, yeah, but that's annoying, Stu. It's an inconvenience for the price of what it is as well. I'd I'd much prefer to play, you know, because again, we've got a PC too, so we can play PC games if we really want to in the back room. But, um, you know, 
I think that PSVR 2 being PlayStation games is always going to be a bit more of a draw card. But I'm I'm the opposite. I think I'd get more instant divorce. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd get more use out of a Steam Deck because, yeah, like you said, our computer's in the back room. We barely come in here to play on it because we've got two psychomaniac children. Think about a lot of the games that you play though, mouse and keyboard. What would you do then? Mm. Well, you're, you're not going to play the Sims on your Steam Deck. <laughs> You, you're going to have to oh, play yeah. them with the thumbsticks, um, presumably, and and that does yeah. add an element of. Might as well get the console version. Element of yeah, frustration. Yeah, this to is it. true. But then I just think I don't think we would ever have time to play the um, VR either. Can you get anyway. Microsoft Games Neither. Pass for Steam Deck? <laughs> I'm not too sure. Good question. I think Do you can I, jailbreak them. I'm sh- yeah, I don't think out of the box you can, but I'm sure there's a way around it. Um, I think that's where the Steam Deck maybe versus the the A and Neo and stuff like that is maybe a bit more restricted. Um, it's yeah, its sole purpose is to run things out of Steam, but like Simon says, I'm sure you can jailbreak it and do something. I mean, the other the other thing which is sort of a reservation with the Steam Deck is the battery life. Like the battery life, from what I'm sort of reading, is pretty horrible to the point where mm. you probably wouldn't be looking at playing your top-end games like your Cyberpunks in, you know, Cyberpunk 2077 in the highest graphics and stuff because you're going to cook the battery in like an hour. So, Oh, wow. Not to mention the thing <clears throat> pumps out the heat. Mm. So, you know, you've got this essentially like a little laptop in your hands that's Yeah, I think it's getting, quite big and heavy. Yeah, and it's getting quite hot as well. So, you know, if you're lying in bed and you've got it sitting on top of your 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 doona or your quilt or whatever you it's going to be it's going to be getting quite quite warm mm-hmm. in your hands there um and i guess the other thing is by the time it finally launches in australia is the hardware in it going to still be current or is it going to be starting to feel a little bit dated you know like pc hardware goes out of out of date faster than milk yeah, yeah. you know mm. um and it seems like this thing's already been out for ages. There's probably already a dozen graphics cards on the market that are, you know, running rings around this thing. Um, by the time it gets here, we're going to be looking at it going, oh, well, you know, this would have been nice two years ago, but now there's a, mm-hmm. you know, a Aya Neo 2 that, you know, is, is twice as good. You know, I just wonder. Uh, yeah, they're all good points. Well, I'll put it this way. As long as there is a Nintendo Switch out there, anything feels like an upgrade you know if you've if you've picked up a nintendo switch in the last six months and then you pick up a steam deck it will feel like an upgrade i think it's just because of what it's trying to compete with you can see the the massive gap and where the switch needs to improve and i think in that regard it's not going to feel like it's outdated because there is something already existing that feels just triple outdated you know it's it's um it's the weird parallel of it i think mm. well mm. nintendo switch uh i guess uh there's only one thing we can say the ball's hardened <laughs> <laughs> you got any interest in the steam deck jb oh, not for that sort of money no no like i'm i'm interested in the psvr i'm pretty convinced i'm gonna i'm gonna drop the money to get that um, because that's going to give me an experience I don't already have. Yeah. Like, um, whereas, mm. you know, I've, I've got a, a laptop that's pretty current and can run, you know, decent games and everything. I, I take that with me when I go away. Mm. I can play games on it if I really want to. But, yeah, I, I just... And, look, I'd end up dropping it or, you know, something mm. and, and fucking it up and, and, I, and then I'd be really peeking about it <laughs> if you drop the nintendo switch at 300 bucks or 400 bucks or whatever they are now it's it's annoying but it's probably not as bad mm. than dropping a 1500 dollars um steam deck mm. and uh, destroying it it is tricky i mean that's the switch comparison it's literally nearly four times the price at what was the highest yeah. one i think you said cmac 1500 bucks or something so it's yeah, three times, yeah, okay. and a bit more. So, look, I've got hmm. no doubt it'd be good, um, but 
it's a lot of money to spend on something that's going to feel two years out of date by the time it finally arrives on Australian shores. Um, and that's yeah, that's what I honestly think. Um, mm. There's probably other stuff out there you can already get in Australia that is as good as or better than than the Steam Deck specs anyway. So uh, yeah, yeah, have yeah. at it. Have at it. We'll wait and see, and we'll see what Valve have got to say about releasing them in Australia, and we'll see what happens then. Yeah. Well, uh, on that note, it is time for our patented novelty segment. Yeah. And this week for our novelty segment, we're going to do who's that developer. So we're we we've each pulled together a bit of a cryptic description of a uh, of a, a developer, a game developer out there. And we're going to try and guess uh, who's who's developer, uh, who who that developer is. So um, uh, we'll let even even if you know it ahead of time, we'll we'll let the person get the full description out, and then uh, and then just um, jump in once you once you know it. So who wants to kick things off for this week? Uh, Who's that Pokemon? I'll do it. Yeah. All right, Steely. All right, let's let's go. Let's go. What do you got? You ready for this? Very, yeah, very on. much. Okay, so. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. I don't sleep. Most people know me as the mother of all dragons. I'd eventually take up a trade using my tools to fight an evil genius with my best friend, who is a robotic backpack. I'd then join the resistance. But only ever will I go into overdrive when the sun goes down. I now am famous for climbing high and swinging low with a rogue gallery of familiar faces from books of excelsior quality. Who am I? <laughs> All right, I love <laughs> well, I, I, I love it. I've got a guess, and I'm going to guess uh, <laughs> Insomniac. Ah, oh, I made it too easy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, no. well, I, I just well got played, the JB. I just got the Ratchet and Clank references. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I went to I just went way too I went way too mainstream with that. I know it's, prob- right. it's probably going <laughs> to skew one way or the other. It's either going to be too cryptic and no one's going to have a fucking idea what you're talking about, <laughs> or uh, or it's going to be too easy. But anyway, I want to point out some of my other references. The mother of all dragons uh, that was a Spyro reference uh, because they oh, they uh, were the first okay. developer of Spyro. Um, obviously, Ratchet and Clank in there. Um, Resistance was another game by uh, Insomniac. Um, Overdrive, when the sun goes down, that's a nod to Sunset Overdrive over there on the Xbox. Mm. Um, and now famous for climbing high and swinging low with a rogue gallery of familiar faces from books of Excelsior quality, Spider-Man. So there we go, everyone. That's my... Uh, that's uh, Very well done. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Very Fantastic. Well done, well done Steely. Uh, who'd like to go next? I'll go. Yeah, all right. Uh, let's let's hear from you, C-Mac. Okay. I started my career working with animals. I then travelled to lands unknown in search of ancient treasure. From there, I walked across the United States with a fun guy, a man with a, a man and a package that contains the cure. I have since been working on silver screens and tabletops. What will I do next? No one knows. Who am I? Hmm. Now that one's a bit more cryptic. Uh, my guess is Naughty Dog. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> nice ding. Yeah. Yeah, Naughty Dog all the way. Look at me go. Simon couldn't answer because he helped me write it. Because <laughs> <laughs> what was the first? Go through your references, Seaman. So I started my career working with animals. So that was Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. Mm. Bandicoot. Bandicoot. Oh, we've, um, we've gone South African. South African. I can't do that. Accent. Is that the Bandicoot? <laughs> I then travelled the to Bandicoot lands unknown in search, of an- <laughs> in search of ancient treasure that was uncharted. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, I walked across the United States with a fun guy, which is... Which is the fungus the that last of us. kills everyone in the last of us. Yeah, thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a man a man and a package that contains the cure. That's still the last of us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've since been working on silver screens, meaning 
the show adaptation. that's coming out, the adaptation, mm-hmm. and tabletops, the board game that's coming out. There you go. And what yeah, will I fantastic. do next? Nobody knows because nobody knows what, what Naughty Dog is doing next. Yeah, mm-hmm. we don't know what's happening. So I've started playing The Last of Us Part 2. Oh, have you? Yeah. <gasps> have you not played it? Oh. No, no, no. I've only just started it. Fuck, it's sad. <gasps> it's, it's just, yeah, it's it's just fuck, I've got to do it in like small chunks because mm. it's just like, it's just so fucking depressing. <laughs> like it's depressing. it's really well made, but fuck, it's sad. Anyway, mm. yeah, well done, Simo. What a sequel. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. Well done, Ferg. Yeah. All right, Ferg, what do you got? What do you got for us? Well, I'm going to let the, the crew down because there's no real creativity in mine. I, I'm just plucking facts. And when I went and looked into this developer and I was reading a bit about him, I was like, this is actually quite interesting. So mine's going to just be a bit of a brief history on the developer um, some fun yeah. facts, go through a few games that they made early on. And as we get in closer to the present date, I'll start dropping names of games and uh, we'll see how we go. Um, righto. So, said developer was founded by Ray, and I apologize in advance if I don't get the names of these people correct, but was founded by Ray Muzika and Greg Zinchuk, along Trent Oster, his brother Brent Z. Zest Chuck's cousin Marcel and Augustine Yip. Of the founding team, I would say three of them recently graduated from medical school at the University of Alberta and had a background in programming for use in school. Together with Yip, they created a medical simulation program. The three also played video games for recreation, eventually deciding to develop their own. Their success in the medical field provided them with the funding they needed to launch a video game company. To make their first game, they pooled their resources, which resulted in capital of $100,000. The company was incorporated on the 1st of February 1995. They formally launched on the 22nd of May 1995. Right, so their first game, titled Shattered Steel, began its life as a proof-of-concept demo similar to the MechWarrior games. The demo was submitted to 10 publishers, seven of whom returned to the company with an offer. A publishing deal for Shattered Steel was eventually signed with Interplay Entertainment. Shattered Steel's release was described by IGN as a modest success with decent sales. Two noteworthy points were the deformable terrain, player weapon damage called craters in the environment, and zone damage, well-aimed gunfire could shoot mounted weapons off enemies. A sequel to Shattered Steel was planned for 1998, but never realised. So the founders of the company were had a keen interest in both computerized and pen and paper variants of role-playing games. Their next development program, therefore, was determined determined to be a role-playing game. When Interplay financed, in inverted commas, exploratory development, uh, the developer presented the publishers with a demo called Battleground Infinity. Um, Interplay suggested that the demonstrated gameplay engine would be well suited to a Dungeons and Dragons license, which it acquired from Strategic Simulations. Um, the result of this development was a game titled Bowder's Gate, which had a development cycle of three years. During this time, the three doctors continued to practice medicine. So Bowder's Gate sold more than 2 million copies after its release, nearly matching the sales of Diablo. Following the success of Bowder's Gate, the Infinity Engine was used for the game's Planetscape Torment and Icewind Dale series. Um, the success of Bowder's Gate was followed by an expansion pack for the game titled Tales of the Sword Coast. Right, now it starts getting interesting. So said developer was given the opportunity to work on another popular intellectual property, Star Wars, when LucasArts approached them at the turn of the millennium. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic was released first on Microsoft's Xbox video game console in 2003. While it was not the developer's first console game, it helped the studio break into the console market since Microsoft Game Studios wanted to partner with them on console-exclusive titles, such as Jade Empire in 2005 and a very popular game in 2007. In 2006, the developer expanded their operations and opened a new studio in Austin, Texas, um, the helm of the development of a massively multiplayer on online role-playing game. In October 2007, this developer was pub- was sorry. In October 2007, American publisher EA announced that it had acquired this developer. 
Under EA, the developer established the fantasy RPG series Dragon Age and continued to release games in their science fiction RPG series, which I'm not going to say because it's a good way, Open New Studio in Montreal. Uh, They also revisited the Star Wars franchise with their Austin studio and they released the MMORPG Star Wars The Old Republic in 2011. Right. So another big game that they released in 2019, which was highly anticipated, which was an absolute flop, Anthem. In 2021, they released the legendary edition of their most popular gaming franchise of three games. This definitive edition or legendary edition of this game was, I think it was last month, free PlayStation Plus game. Their most popular franchise, which I've avoided saying to now, is called Mass Effect. Have you guys played Mass Effect? I know Steely definitely has. I'm not playing. No, I haven't played it before. I've wanted to, and I know I know who you're talking about. And I just and I didn't even know that they developed Baldur's Gate. It's very very interesting. But I just forgotten realms. No, no, I can't think of the name of the developer. Yeah, so the two biggest games, Mass Effect, the Dragon Age series. I think there's been four games of them. They obviously did Knights of the Old Republic. The original Xbox I've, I've bought by EA. So many of the games that you've listed off there, but I yeah, just can't think of the, the one name. word. Three syllables. Starts with a B. <laughs> <laughs> Not Bethesda. <laughs> no. Not quite. No, okay. Bioware. Bioware. Oh. Bioware. Shit. I thought I thought you were a Mass Effect man, Steely. No, the only Mass Effect I've ever had on anything is uh, <laughs> I have um, nothing. <laughs> I've never had a Mass Effect on anything. <laughs> anyway. Well, to to all of us, we get... Uh... <laughs> I tried to pick one I oh, thought you guys would get. It was on Mass the Effect. tip of my tongue as well, yeah. and, I, and I just uh, knew it, but I didn't remember it. Just on enough. Mass Effect, that is a game, a trilogy of games worth definitely worth playing. Well, so is Baldur's Gate. That was great. Yeah, yeah. And Neverwinter Nights, the sequel. Yeah. But uh, there you go. Knights of the Old Republic. What a fucking cracker that, that was. was. An absolute beauty as well. Yeah. Anyway, oh, shout thanks. out to Bioware. Yeah, thanks for that, Ferg. Um, I, well, I, I guess that brings me to to my my one. Uh, it's a little bit shorter than than the one that Ferg did, but uh, <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, we'll see how quickly you guys uh, guess this one. Uh, this developer didn't always have the name we know them by now. Formerly, they were Silicon and Synapse Incorporated, followed by Chaos Studios Incorporated for 12 months. Under the Silicon and Synapse name, they started out making games like The Lost Vikings and Rock and Roll Racing for Super Nintendo before changing names and focusing mainly on PC titles. For PC, they started with predominantly fantasy-themed real-time strategy games before branching into a highly successful action role-playing dungeon crawler focused on a battle between the forces of heaven and hell. Following this was another real-time strategy, this time in a futuristic space-themed environment. Their crowning achievement, however, would be an insanely successful MMORPG, which to this day is probably still believed to be the most successful MMORPG of all time. Mm. Who is the developer? I got it. Steely, you got it? I don't, I, don't, I don't know the name of the developer. No, but I know what you're talking about. But I don't know the name of the developer. <laughs> He's talking English. <laughs> all right, put don't. everyone out of their misery, uh, uh, Ferg. It's Blizzard. It certainly is. Certainly is Blizzard. Really? Yeah. So I, I thought so with the dungeon crawler aspect. I thought, oh, this is the developer of Diablo. This is Blizzard. But I, okay, cool. Yep. So <laughs> fantasy themed real time strategy. They started off with Warcraft with that mm. franchise. Then Diablo came after. Yeah. Then Starcraft, and then uh, World of World Warcraft, Warcraft. Which, uh, yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd be struggling to say that that wasn't. The most successful MMORPG of all time. I mean, yes. shit. It's still up there. It's still got a massive still following. Still the to king, this day. most would agree. Still out there swinging its uh-huh. dick around. 
<laughs> well, uh, y'all fantastic. got a big dick, y'all. Big game on it, motherfucker. Mm, boo. <laughs> Indeed. Well, that's about all the time we have for this week on the Descending Gamer podcast. I'd like to thank uh, the DG crew um, in no particular order: Casey, C Mac, uh, Pistol, Pete, McLaughlin. Pisty. Pissed. Thanks, Joel. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, no worries. And Simon Steely <laughs> McLaughlin. Oh, thank you, Joel. What a pleasure to bring news to you guys this week of Ubisoft failing <laughs> once again. I just love it. Thank you so much for having me. I love being here. Sweet Jesus. I and, love you guys. <laughs> and last but not least, uh, Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Uh, thank you. Thanks, JB. Always a pleasure, Matt. Excellent. More gold is required. And if you want to reach out to us, you can contact us on the socials. Uh, leave us a five-star review if you're feeling generous. It all helps. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Hack the system and you could leave us a six-star review. Or even seven. See ya. Imagine seven stars. Yum. Seven stars.